Welcome to the Nun Report, bringing your regular dose of truth, freedom, and weirdness with your host, Dan Nunn. Thanks for hopping on to the Nun Report. I hope you all had a great weekend. I know I did. I went out there, I did some recreating, I did a little bit of honeydew because that's what I do around the house. And uh, I'm actually putting some uh, steps into the pool so the dogs can get in because the dogs are total wimps. They, uh, they'll go to the, the water at the beach where they can walk in and it's nice and gradual, but they won't go into the pool because the stairs are too steep. So I'm, they're so spoiled. So anyway, I'm making some uh, steps that have, are more shallow and have longer treads on them so that hopefully the dogs will go swimming at home because it's gotten kind of hot here lately in the Northwest. And um, a lot going on over the weekend, man. We had the Turning Point Action uh, Conference, which was great, amazing, actually. Donald Trump was on fire. Tucker Carlson killed it. In fact, I thought that Trump had the best speech of the weekend until I saw Tucker Carlson come on. And man, I like that guy. He is so much looser and relaxed now that he's out from underneath the thumb of fox news it's great to see it's great to watch i love listening to the guy he's a funny great i mean when when we when he's let loose and just kind of talk about what he wants to talk about without any restraint i mean it's great he's a good guy he's a great speaker and i don't think a lot of people get that about him because i only saw him behind tucker carlson tonight and the fox news banner and uh and, and so you're seeing a different guy out there now when we go and look at one of the things that went on this weekend too was, of course, a lot of talk about Ukraine, a lot of talk about the economy. Janet Yellen was over in China taking psychedelic mushrooms, apparently. <laughs> Man, I was hoping, I was really hoping that, you know, sometimes they say that uh, doing a psychedelic microdose or psychedelic mushrooms can give you a mental reset and help you think more clearly. And then I heard what she had to say when she came back and I decided, oh, that's absolutely complete crap. It's not true at all because she sounds more stupid now than she did then. Ah, or at least more ridiculous now. Man, you know, she is the perfect useful idiot. She really is. She is like a um, she's like a bass hound or a cocker spaniel or something. An old one though, not a not a young one, not a young <laughs> not a crazy, you know, cocker spaniel, but a old one that or bass hound, the old one that's kind of Oh, um, you know, kind of like an Eeyore, you know, kind of like Eeyore. She's just kind of there. She's really boring to listen to. She's super dry and she's not very intelligent. And so when you listen to her talk and you, and she tries to explain the U S economy to you, the person who's actually living in the real world economy and experiencing the effects of the Bidenomics that's happening to us. It's just laughable. She truly is a useful idiot though. She's spreading the, she's spreading the, uh, the communist propaganda for sure for sure and i think sometimes she doesn't even know she's doing it who knows maybe it's too many mushrooms anyway the uh we've got diversity hires we've got ukraine and i'm, I'm gonna really kind of focus in on ukraine because what are the, it this is just driving me nuts look yeah <sighs> yeah okay look i am I, i've been here with the rest of you, all right? This is, they can rewrite, they can try to rewrite history as much as they want. They can try to, you know, polish a turd and make it look all nice and shiny and get you to eat it. That's fine. But we've all lived it. We've been here. We've watched what's been going on in Ukraine. Anybody who's been paying attention knows that this is not about democracy. This is not about freedom. This is not about liberty of anybody. It's about enriching the people who benefit from the military industrial complex. Simple. Plain and simple. Maybe some other things too. I sat here along with you, okay? And I watched billions, hundreds of billions of dollars, 200 billion now, the estimate, flow into Ukraine without any accountability. They're not allowed to account for it. We can't audit it. There's no way to know where this money went. Ammunition, aid, or, or you know, retirement funds. We're funding. They sit there and say that the Republicans want to take Social Security and Medicare while they're funding the freaking retirement accounts of people in Ukraine. Yeah, I sat here and watched that. I sat here and watched Ukraine shut down the Orthodox Church. I, I saw them eliminate political opponents and put them in jail. I saw them put priests in jail that they didn't agree with. I saw them just recently suspend their elections because they're at war. I saw a parade of celebrities and politicians, actors, sports people, 
go to Ukraine and get their photo op done with Zelensky. Smile for the camera. Shake hands. We love you, buddy. You commie bastard, you. But it's become very clear to me that Ukraine is not a democracy. It never was. It's not a free state. It's not a representative republic. It's not any of those things. It's a dictatorship. It's a deep uh, Eastern European country with strong ties to Russia that behaves just like Russia always has as well. They just call themselves Ukraine instead of Russia. And uh, that's my opinion. And it's ridiculous that the United States is in it for the long run. We're in it no matter what it takes to find it. Define it. Don't sit there and tell 330 million people in the United States that we're going to sit here flushing our money down the Ukrainian toilet forever without any accountability until it happens. Whatever it freaking is. This has got me hot because it's not the first time they've said it. Biden's come out and said it. They've all come out and said it. Ukraine to get U.S. to give Ukraine everything it needs for as long as it takes. Biden has said it. Kamala has said it. Trap, they've all said it. What is it? Please define what it is. Is it getting rid of Putin? Is it regime change in Russia? Is it getting Crimea back? Is it dumping hundreds of billions and trillions of U.S. tax dollars into Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of human beings with no end in sight, with no goal for peace, with no talks of peace, with no even nobody even expressing peace. And this goes across the aisle. This is Republicans, Democrats, it, it, all these swampy Republicans. Mike Pence is a massive warmonger. Lindsey Graham, too. McConnell. Mitt Romney, the old Republican guard, the Republican, the dinosaurs that are on their way out, because let me tell you something, the Republican Party is not what it was just a short time ago. Donald Trump changed that. Donald Trump woke people up. Donald Trump woke America up. He awoke a sleeping giant, and that is the silent conservative majority in this country who believes in common sense, who doesn't believe that we should be... Uh, you know, villainized for using the wrong pronouns on people who doesn't believe that children should be taken from their home and allowed to have sex changes. That doesn't believe that boys can be girls and girls can be boys. The sane people. The sane people. Biden put this up on the president's Twitter account. He's proud of this. Whatever it takes. I think it's a powerful statement powerful statement of our commitment to Ukraine as it defends its freedom today and as it rebuilds the future. Today, the members of the G7 are launching a joint declaration of support for Ukraine to make it clear that our support will last long into the future, that we're going to be there as long as that takes. As long as it takes. In that particular phrase, he said that. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Check this out. Do you think Ukraine can hold parliamentary elections this fall? Well, first, ultimately, the decision about how to play out parliamentary elections is up to Ukraine itself. It's not up to the United States. So I'm not going to opine on the steps they need to take to ensure they're staying consistent with their constitution, only that we want to see that rule of law, democracy and fidelity to the constitution are respected. And the Ukrainians will work out for themselves how that plays out with respect to elections this fall. Would it be a problem for the United States, though, if they postpone those elections? I'm not going to get into hypotheticals. We're in regular contact with the Ukrainians about making sure, as I said before, right. that they're following the law. That It wouldn't be, a, I don't know if it would be a problem to the United States or not. For crying out loud, dude, we're dumping hundreds of billions of dollars. You're selling the American people. You're telling America. And you've been telling us for over a year now that we are defending democracy in Ukraine. And then they suspend their damn elections. And we're still supposed to buy your BS? And then you refuse to opine on it? Oh, I'm not going to opine on Ukraine's democracy for fuck's sake. 
We're supposedly over there defending their democracy. They don't allow free speech. They don't allow freedom of religion. They put their priests and their political opponents in prison. Then they suspend their elections. And we're over there protecting and defending democracy. They really think that we are that stupid. They really believe that the American people are that dumb and that ignorant, that gullible to just buy into their same line of BS over and over and over again. Make the lie big enough, ostentation enough, and repeat it often enough and it becomes true. I'm sick of it. And I think a lot of other people are too. What do you have to say, Clint? What a load of shit. Yeah. God, thank you, Clint, man. I love it when you weigh in. The guy is a rock star. Then we have a little bit more of, of, of the BS. The president is not going to waver at all, but we are seeing divisions among Republicans at this point, led by Donald Trump, people like Tucker Carlson, questioning the U.S. support for Ukraine. How concerned are you that the longer the war goes on, the more division you'll see here in the United States over supporting Ukraine? Well, first, the American people have really hung in there in support of the Ukrainian people. You can, can see it reflected in opinion polls even today how much the Ukrainian, the American people continue to have a strong degree of backing for what we're doing to support Bullshit. Ukraine. Second, if you look at the Republican Party, there is a small cadre of Republicans who stand up and say we should stop helping Ukraine in the face of Russian aggression. But uh, the Republican leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, did a joint statement with the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, in which they both said that Ukraine's assistant would not, assistance to Ukraine would not be subject uh, to the debt agreement that was reached between President Biden and congressional Republicans. Senior Republicans in the House have said the same thing. So I actually think that there is strong backing. Okay, when the White House is citing people like McConnell, who did a joint statement with Schumer and, you know, senior Republicans in the House, when the White House, they've been arguing with these people, they can't agree with them on anything, they haven't done a single legislative action together, meaning, meaningful one, but yet, oh, we're all for the war in Ukraine, the Republicans are behind it, are they? Are the majority of Republicans behind it? Are the American people behind it? Because you know what? My circle isn't, I mean, my, my, my inner circle is small, but my network is fairly large. I don't know a single person, not one, who thinks that what we're doing in Ukraine is justified or that it should be an endless adventure, another endless war, another endless conflict where the military industrial, con you know, we're running out of ammunition. And Joe Biden told the whole world, oh, we're low on ammo. <laughs> And then goes and sniffs and chews on a little girl. Yeah. Well, Pew Research just did some, uh, did some interesting things there. And it would say something different than what you said. More than four in 10 Republicans now say the U.S. is providing too much aid to Ukraine. Yeah, our country, you know what? We've got some, we need some aid here. You're printing money like it's going out of style. You're, you're forgiving student loans. You, you, you're, you're going down the whole rabbit hole of your, you, of your utopian climate pipe dream. And you expect us to sit, sit by while you send hundreds of billions of dollars over to some place that most people couldn't even find on a map until a year and a half ago? Give me a break. Here's the facts. Pew Research just did a study. Since Russia's invasion, Republicans have grown increasingly skeptical of U.S. aid and level to Ukraine. Wait a minute. I, wait. I thought Jake just said that the, the majority of Republicans, the majority of Americans, they're all in favor of what we're doing, man. They love it. They love spending all our money to kill hundreds of thousands of people over in Eastern Europe. Because that's what we're doing, you know. Well, the truth is, too much. Back in 22, you can see the purple on top. That's people who think that we are 
providing too much. It was very little then, but as the war has gone on, as often happens, and as it should happen, people are starting to say, WTF, what is going on here? There's no accountability for the, this money. There's no goal to leave. There's no end in sight, man. This is like freaking Korea, Vietnam, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan. It's like every single one of them. We're going to go in. There's no end goal in mind. We're just going to go in there. We're going to stay in there for as long as it takes. Another endless conflict that we've got no business being a part of and no business spending U.S. tax dollars on. 44% of Republicans or people that lean Republican, 44% think that we're providing too much aid to Ukraine. So yeah, Jake, I think you're wrong. I don't, I don't think you're even close. I don't even think you're in touch with reality. Fewer Americans say Russia's invasion is a major threat than in March of 2020. What is the major threat? What is the national security threat to the United States of America in Ukraine? Is it, is it the fact that the elites can't launder their money there anymore? That they can't give their kids $80,000 a month, you know, no-show jobs? Is it the chemical weapons plants that were allegedly over there? Well, things have changed. June of 2023. We can see it right there. Percentage of say that uh, that Russia is a the Russian invasion is a major threat to the United States. It's gone down. It's less than 40%. Even among Democrats, it's less than 40%. Only 38% of Democrats in June of this year believe that Russia's invasion is a major threat to the United States of America. 38% of Democrats, 28% of Republicans, 32% total. So you average that out, 32% of Americans believe that Russia's invasion of Ukraine is a threat to the United States of America. What the hell are we doing over there? What in the hell are we doing over there? We're sitting there protecting their border when the invasion is on ours. And we sent another, we sent, we're sending 3,000 reserves over there. So what's it going to take, America? When is enough enough? When is it bad enough for this to stop? Is it when America, American blood starts getting spilled over there? Because that's what's coming. First, we weren't going to supply any jets. We weren't going to supply any modern tanks or armored vehicles. We're doing all of that now. We're giving them tons of money. We've given them so much ammunition that we don't have enough to arm our own forces. So now we're giving them cluster bombs. Shit, that's the next lowest. I mean, the next thing is nuclear weapons and, and boots on the ground. We're giving them cluster bombs. We may as well start giving them gas, chemical weapons, biological weapons, nukes. Just, yeah, here, have at it. Just destroy yourselves as many people as you possibly can. So we're giving them cluster bombs. Why is our military over there when the invasion is happening on the southern border of the United States, when over 100,000 people are dying every year from fentanyl overdose, most of which comes from Mexico, originally the ingredients from China, manufactured in Mexico, sent through our poorest border. Oh, along with the human sex trafficking, let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Sound of Freedom is doing great. Over $100 million projected by the end of this week. That is amazing for a little independent film. You know, they can't even get Tom Cruise's new film off the ground. And the temple of uh, whatever it is, the, <laughs> the old guy with the whip. Harrison Ford. Yeah. His movie ain't doing too well. Sound of freedom is because it's true, because it strikes a heart. You know, there are people who still deny it. They're like, they try to say, and they deflect. You know, that's what they do. That's what Democrats are good at deflecting, you know. They'll sit there and say, no, no. Well, what about Catholic priests? What about Catholic priests? Huh? 
Let's get real here. According to the U.S. Department of Education, average yearly cases of child sexual abuse, Democrats like to say, all the child sexual abuse is because of priests. It's all the Catholics, all the Catholics. Is it? Statistics would say otherwise. Here they are. Average yearly cases of child sexual abuse, Catholic priests, 201. Public school employees, 29,000. We're going to talk about the public school and the indoctrination centers that they are, but get them, get your kids out if you all can. 65% of men in Ukraine aged 20 to 24 years old have fled the country or died in this conflict. 65% of their male population aged 20 to 24 have either left the country or have died. How about that? They're saying losses are, Ukrainian losses are over 80,000 80,000 people, they, they think that's conservative. There's no way to know for sure because they're not being honest with their losses. Neither is Russia, but they've estimated that up to 50,000 Russians have also died. So now we're talking 130,000 human lives in a little over a year. Actually, these were just 2022 numbers. This is not up to date. This is as of 2022. So in a year, 130,000 minimum lives were lost yeah, Russia is a bully in this in this case. I, I, I'm not disputing that. I'm not a Putin apologist for you whack job socialist liberals out there. But this this should not be happening. We the United States has the leverage to stop Russia from doing what they're doing. What we don't have is a leader to push those levers. We need Donald Trump in office, someone with some cajones to push those levers that it takes to stop madmen who have their desires on, on conquering other countries like Putin or Xi in China. See, it's not, these people aren't going to change. They're the same people they ever were. What's changed is a person in the White House and the administration of the U.S. government, the most pow- still the most powerful country in the world, I'm going to say, that is compromised now. You see, the Biden family is compromised. And the liberals are wimps. They don't have the balls to do what it takes. They don't have the courage. Because to them, it's all about politics. Donald Trump is not about politics. Donald Trump is about you know, no new wars under Trump at all. When he was president, there's not a lot of, not many presidents can say that. Certainly not any of the last four or five going back to, well, going, going back a ways. So, uh, so again, I would say define it. What is this war? Meanwhile, your favorite press secretary of mine, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, we've got, we're dumping shit tons of money into Ukraine. Interest rates are still high. Gas, gas prices are still high. Hundreds of thousands of people are dying in Ukraine. We've got over 2 million children being trafficked every year. And this was her response as she entered the press room. Good afternoon. Hello. Welcome back. Wait, nobody likes my outfit. <laughs> I'm not quite understanding this. It's okay. There might be issues. If... We have very serious things going on, and, and the press secretary for the White House, Queen Jean-Pierre, is, is fishing for compliments on her outfit. You see, this is what happens when you get when you give diversity hires. This is what happens when you don't hire people on qualifications and experience. People who can actually do the job they were hired to do. When you hire them because they happen to be female, they happen to be black, and they happen to be a lesbian. And, uh, and I'm not going to apologize for that, man. That, that, uh, that's a, this was a diversity hire, plain and simple. And that's what you're going to get. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get people like her who have nothing to do. They don't understand the gravity or the levity of their situation, so they just go up there and they make jokes. Some of my favorite uh, 
parts of the uh, Turning Point Action Conference was uh, Tucker Carlson. And I said that in my opening monologue here. And um, he was just, he was on point. He was funny. He was, you know, he, he was relatable to people. I think that he impressed a lot of people that didn't think really didn't really maybe know all that much about him. But here's, I'm going to play a few clips here because I, I think it's worthwhile spending some of my show on it and then commenting on it. But, you know, for those of you who didn't get a chance to watch it, look it up. It's on Rumble. Just look up Tucker Carlson, Turning Point Action, and you're going to find his full presentation. Dan Bongino was there as well. Meg, <laughs> uh, Kelly, she gave a great, great um Great uh, talk. She had a little talk there with Charlie Kirk. Disgusting. Check this out. And that is exactly what, in the name of American leadership, this administration, with the full participation of the Republican Party, is foisting on the world. And it's insane. Yeah, well, I have to say, you know, whatever you think of Trump, he's pretty clear on this. And they hate him for it, actually. They hate him for it. And if I can just say, He's talking about the Ukraine conflict or war, whatever you want to call it. But he's, he, he's talking that it's insane, man. And the Republicans are in on it just as much. They laugh. Lindsey Graham wants to kill Russians. They go out there and talk like this. Our leaders go out and talk like this in public. <laughs> it is insane. And they hate Donald Trump, as Tucker pointed out, because he disagrees with the war. He does not support the war in Ukraine. And in fact, when he says he'll end the war in 24 hours, I believe him. You know why? Because his first time around, all the major policies that he said he would enact, he did. Some of them got delayed like the wall because of the communists that are in the Democrat Party. But he did what he said he was going to do. And then... Uh, this is this is a really funny exchange, and um, I hope that we have enough time to. In fact, let, let me let me take a look here. I want to make sure we get it in its entirety. Tucker was asked about his uh, about Pence, and then he goes on to say, "Well, well, you know what? I'm just going to let you talk about it. <laughs> or I'm going to just let you watch it. Check it out." I won't attack anyone in pers on personal grounds uh, or by name. It's tempting. I will say it's tempting. Whoever said do it, you're the devil on my shoulder. <laughs> do it! <laughs> I've, I've, spent my, I've spent my whole life. <laughs> no, 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 no. But if I could make some general observations, which I think are more edifying than just like savaging Mike Pence. Um, <laughs> I, I think... <laughs> which I'm not going to do. Because that would be wrong, and it would be wrong because it's too easy. And the easy things are not rewarding, are they? You don't feel good when you beat your five-year-old in soccer or ping pong. Like, what? <laughs> All right, so on Friday, he did an interview with, with Pence at the other event, and uh, he totally destroyed him. I mean, he ended his presidency just like that, and donors are already pulling out this weekend, this morning. Um, I mean, he stuck the knife in on on Friday and on Saturday at, at Turning Point Action, he twisted it, man. And he started with that. Oh, I'm not going to talk about him because, you know, who wants to, you know, when you beat a child at, you know, ping pong, then, you know, what's that to brag about? He's, you know, saying Pence is a child. <laughs> this is no match for Tucker, man. Tucker just nailed it. And then he went on with this. Check it out. So if you allow propagandists to set the terms if you're playing soccer against somebody and he's like, here, totally fair match, we're evenly matched. The thing is that when I score a goal, it counts, and when you do, it doesn't. Totally fair. Let's just agree to that. Probably not going to win. But yesterday, I sat and watched. I kept my temper the entire time because it's not up to me who the Republican nominee is at all. I'm just an unemployed talk show host, so I thought I'm going to try to keep myself out of it. But I raised the question, this is a completely fair question. There are clergy in Ukraine who are being thrown in prison. Convents raided, nuns kicked out, priests handcuffed, thrown in jail. 
More Ukraine. So, I mean, on one level, you think, well, it's not my country. You know, they do all kinds of barbaric. So just to lay a little bit of uh, context here, he's talking about the fact that Pence is a self-proclaimed Christian candidate. He likes to brag about his Christianity. He likes to use it as a prop. He uses it as a, as a, yeah, as a prop is what he does to about how righteous he is and how, how great he is and why he can't do certain things and why he disagrees with certain things. But he then goes and is a big proponent, proponent for the war in Ukraine, despite the fact that they have squashed religious freedom in that country. How can you be a Christian and be in favor of supporting a country in war that squashed religious freedom? How can that happen? Well, you'd have to ask Mike Pence. He's doing it. And Tucker explains it. Things around the world. You can't be upset about all of them. Much more interested in what's happening in El Paso than I am in Kiev. On the other hand, if I'm paying for it, and if I'm sitting here listening to moral lectures about how I have to pay for it or else I'm a tool of Putin, I think it's fair to ask, like, what is that? Throwing priests in jail? And so I asked a self-appointed Christian leader about that. And I said, what do you think as someone who's spent his life advocating for religious freedom about raiding nunneries and throwing priests in jail? And he said with a straight face, well, they, you know, they had the wrong views. Oh, oh, so, oh, that, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't realize what the boundaries were. So you have religious freedom or freedom of speech or freedom of assembly as long as you stay within the lines, but if you express an unapproved view, then you go to jail, but that's freedom, isn't it? You do exactly what I tell you to do or else I imprison you. Is that the freedom that you recognize? No, that's insane. And so that irritated me and I said, well, but don't you think as a Christian leader you should say something? when Christian clergy are imprisoned for their views. No. And how dare you say that? And this person was joined by a chorus of people on the right. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. National Review wrote a piece this morning. Trump is bigoted to notice that Christian clergy are being imprisoned in Ukraine. And my view would be, you know, maybe you care, maybe you don't. But if you're a Christian leader and Christians are going to jail for their views, you are required to say something. Yeah. And if you don't, you're not much of a Christian leader. And by the way, the person I was speaking to is a person, I think, of real faith and of decency. Like, I would let him babysit my kids. Not for long, but for dinner. <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's like an evil person. He's not a secret serial killer in Long Island or something that I know of. But he, with a straight face, told me this. And he said, but what Ukraine really needs, and I say this as a Christian leader, is more cluster bombs. And I thought, well, you know who it was. And I thought to myself, more cluster bombs. Now, I am not a Bible scholar. But I'm pretty sure, having read four out of four Gospels, that like Luke 17 doesn't call for shower cluster bombs on the children. In fact, I'm just gonna go out on a limb as a non-theologian and say the overriding message of the New Testament is bring peace. Yes. Yes and yes. To everything he just said. Everything. And thank God he said it. Because somebody needs to. Somebody needs to get out there and say the, the things that everybody's thinking but doesn't have the nerve or the gall to say or they're scared of, you know, their friends, uh, you know, not liking them anymore or getting canceled on social media. So what? So what? You know, when I started doing this little podcast that I call The Nun Report, it was not as, at a, you know, there was a price. I'm a musician in Seattle, Washington. Some of you know that. And, uh, and it, it being in one of the most liberal cities in the world among the arts community and, and also kind of well-known, uh, within the, the music scene here in, in the Seattle and the Northwest region. Um, people started getting wind of what I was doing and man, Dan's a, Dan's a right wing radical. Dan's a bigot. He's a racist. He's a, he's a MAGA. He, he voted for Trump, man. He's a Trump supporter. I lost favor. I lost friends. My band lost some shows. We lost some customers. We 
probably lost some fans. Those who can't separate, you know, their politics from just living life and having fun, which is what music is about. Music is about bringing people together of all different walks of life in for a short, even if it's just for a short period of time, for a two hour period at a concert, it's about bringing people together. At least that's how I always looked at it, but I found out that wasn't, that wasn't how some people thought around here. What I'm getting at is there are things that are bigger than yourself that are worth putting yourself on the line for. There are ideals and this, this country, the survival of this country as we have known it out, as we've grown up into it. I'm 54 years old. As I've grown up in this country and as I've known it, it's at stake right now. We are at a massive turning point. The scale is tipped right now and we need to balance it back or we're going to lose the republic. We're going to lose the freedoms that so many fought and died for. Those that left England, they left tyranny and high taxes and gun control. All the things that we have here now, right? So Pence is done. Uh, Tucker is the is the one-handed uh, presidential candidate slayer. And um, <laughs> he's, what a rock star that guy is. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I didn't plan on telling that story about my personal life, by the way, um, and, and, and this show and the impact, some of the impact that it had. But I, it, it just kind of fell into the context of the show and what I was talking about. So anyway, take it for what it's worth. Again, the bottom line is there are things that are bigger than yourself that I think are more important than, than some of the trivial things and some of the hobbies and some of the other stuff in life. And uh, may as well be involved in the big things instead of the small things, right? Anyway, Kamala Harris, she always seems to make the, this is the weird part of the show. I mean, I, granted, Karine Jean-Bierre trying to fish for compliments on her clothing in the height, you know, in the midst of everything that's going on at a press conference, that was definitely weird. But Kamala got, there up, got up there again. Um, you see, Jesse Jackson is, is retiring, uh, and she had to throw out her favorite line. And it is with this understanding, this vision, to see what can be unburdened by what has been, that Rev has dedicated his life to building. Don't be, must not be, un, be unburdened from what has been. And then she went on to say this, and this, this really kind of irritated me, uh, but check this out. And early on, just think about it, early on, he even had the audacity to name this coalition the National Rainbow Coalition. Think about that. He defined the rainbow. He was one of the first to define the rainbow. Yes, people, I know you probably didn't know it. I didn't either until I heard that. Jesse Jackson, the Jesse Jackson was one of the first to define the rainbow. I always thought it was God. But apparently Jesse Jackson is on the same sort of level because he was one of the first to define the rainbow as well, according to Kamala Harris. My friend Sean Farish, Captain Deplorable himself, best uh, Trump impressionist you will find. Heck of a funny guy. Also has a serious show that's very informative. They might want to check out The Ungoverned. It's on every day. And uh, anyway, he, he commented when I uh, put that video out there. He's like, well, we know who's doing the pot that's in the White House. <laughs> and, and I would concur with that. I, I said, you know what? I, I think you're right, man. Maybe she is on the weeds. It's just a little bit too much of it, maybe. So speaking of rainbows, nearly half of millennials believe that misgendering should be illegal. What, Dan? What? Yes. Yes, people. The survey found. The survey says. This is not the uh, family feud. But anyway, the survey found 44% of individuals aged 25 to 34. So these aren't Gen Z. These are, these are millennials. 44% of individuals aged 25 to 34 believe referring to someone by the wrong gender pronoun, he, him, she, her, should be a criminal offense. 
while 31% of them disagreed, according to Newsweek. The remaining 25% neither agree nor disagree or don't know. The poll surveyed 1,500 eligible U.S. voters. It was conducted by Redfield and Wilson Strategies on July 6th. So 44% of millennials, according to that poll, believe that if you use the wrong pronouns on somebody, you should be put in, in jail or at least charged with a crime. Get your kids out of public education, man. You can't, you can't change right now or quickly what the public schools are doing, but they start this indoctrination in kindergarten and preschool. This is where it starts. And you're not ever going to know about it. You need to pay very close attention to what's going on in your schools, even some of the private schools, because they will start this indoctrination early. They will screw your kid's mind up bad. They're not teaching them how to read and write and do math. That's why our, all our test scores are shit. They're teaching them he, her, they, them, she, her, whatever. He, him. Hey, now. And... Uh, and then they're, they're setting it up so that the state has control of your kids. You know, they can come, CPS can come to your house. Your kid might make a complaint at school. Man, I want to be a, the, the, the little boy can say, I want to be a girl. But my parents tell me that I can't be because that's not who I am. We're going to stick CPS on your ass. They show up at your door with sheriffs or police, depending on the jurisdiction. And you're subjected to an interview on if you are abusing your children or not simply because little Johnny wants to be Jeannie when he's nine years old. We have leaders like this, Jay LaPowell, from my state, by the way, I'm sorry, I didn't make it happen. I, I, I'll just leave this. Maybe I should just walk on. Guys, can I say something? Can I say something as somebody that's been in the streets and, and has participated in a lot of demonstrations? I think I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people deserve what? self-determination what? and autonomy. What did she that say? The dream, that the dream, I think I want you to know that we have been fighting to make it clear that Israel is a racist state, that the Palestinian people... That Israel is a racist state. So our best ally, or in fact, our only ally now that, that Biden has told Saudi Arabia to piss off is Israel. <laughs> and then you got people like this in Congress calling the state of Israel the entire state of Israel, racist. You know who's the racist one? You, Jay LaPal. You are the racist one. And many of you Democrats who sit there and call racism, you're sick, sick people. I can't even think of a word to describe you other than, the, than, than racist. For you to sit there and play the race card every single chance you can, every single time you can, you've taken a word that is abhorrent, a word that when truly meant and truly received is one of the worst things you could possibly be called. And you've turned it in, you've cheapened it, you've made it so it means nearly nothing because you apply it to everybody that you don't agree with. Remember I talked about Yellen being the uh, old Cocker Spaniel or, uh, or Basset Hound? You know, not the young, not the yippy one, you know, not the, the one that's going crazy, but the, the old, the old Cocker Spaniel with the sad face. She's kind of like Eeyore, you know? Um, she... <sighs> when did you learn about the China email hacking? I'm curious if you had a chance to maybe bring this up on your trip to Beijing. Um, I believe I did not know about that um, in Beijing. You believe you I, didn't? It was, wasn't one of the things that we discussed. Was that before or after you had a meal of psychedelic mushrooms? That's what I want to know. That's what I'd like to know. One more from Tucker Carlson. No one is punished for lying. People are only punished for telling the truth. You could literally... You could literally 
wake up tomorrow, move to the Bahamas, start a fake cryptocurrency, defraud a million investors around the world of billions of dollars. I'm just saying you could do and I'm not recommending it. Note to the FEC, not recommending it. But you could do that and you could get caught. People might have like a balanced view of you. Yeah, so people who commit real crimes, Biden, Hunter, they're not prosecuted. You're only prosecuted for thoughts nowadays. If you have the wrong thoughts, if you don't use the right pronouns, these are the things that they want to prosecute people for. And, oh, speaking of truth, see, these people have no truth. This is not a serious presidential administration. This is, it was, first of all, it was a rigged election. This was a coup before the fact. And it is not a serious administration. They don't love America. They don't believe in the Constitution. They don't believe in the Bill of Rights. They do not believe in you. They believe in one thing, and that's themselves. Top Biden economic advisor Jared Bernstein says, workers' pay is up 1.6% over past year and almost 3% since pre-pandemic. Fact check. Since February 2021, real hourly wages have declined by 3% and real average weekly earnings have declined. You see, real wages are down. You're making less money. Your paycheck might be higher. But because of the cost of living, you're making less than you were before Biden took office and him and his jack-off administration started to put Bidenomics and socialism into effect. And they say this unashamedly. of the workforce that's blue collar, that's non-manager, middle paid workers. Their pay is up 1.6% over the past year. It's up almost 3% since early, uh, since pre-pandemic. And, you know, that kind of buying power, again, feeds back into the economy. Uh, help- buying power. How about, how are you feeling about your buying power? I'd like to know. I'd like to know. I'm not feeling really good about my buying power lately. It's a lot less than it used to be. See, they just lie. Unashamedly. They don't care. Janet Yellen does the same thing, same lie. Still lots of job openings, but mm-hmm. uh, wage growth is moderating and inflation is uh, subsiding. So I think we're in a good path on the United States. Prices are up 16.6% and real wages are down 3%. Fuel prices are still up about 80% from when Biden took office, even though that they're down. Inflation is still up, not anywhere near their goal. Look, people, this administration lies. It's what they do. They, they, they don't have a single, single solitary shred of ethics inside of their body. Not, a, not, a, not one cell, not one atom even. And that's all you have to do is look at what's going on. Look at what's going on at the southern border. Look at all the fentanyl they're allowing to come into the country, knowing, knowing that because of that, 100,000 Americans are going to die in the coming year. Knowing that tens of thousands of children are going to be trafficked in the United States for sex. And they do nothing about it. They funnel billions, tens and hundreds of billions of dollars into Ukraine to fight a proxy war against Russia where there is no national security interest at all for the United States to the point where we don't even have enough ammunition to supply our own troops because they gave it all away. And you're going to tell me these are serious people. You're going to tell me that they have the best interest in mind. You're going to tell me that they believe in democracy and that if we don't reelect them to finish destroying this country, that it's the end of democracy if we, as we know it, that, that, the greatest threat to democracy of white supremacy, i.e. conservatives, piss off. That, people, was my none better take of the day. I'm sick and tired of it. You should be too. That's why you need to get out and vote. You need to get involved. Get involved in this election cycle. I don't care how. Go to school board meetings. You don't even need to have kids in school. Go to school board meetings. Listen, start to learn. Express yourself. Make it up. You can speak if you want to. You can sign up to speak and they'll give you an allotted period of time. You can make your voice heard 
at a local level. You can go to county council meetings, city council meetings. You can go to rallies. You can get involved in a campaign and help them collect signatures for, for you know, initiatives or help them uh, sell yard signs or volunteer at their events to uh, sell merchandise or to, you know, sign people up onto their mailing list or whatever it is, whatever it is. And if you can't get out, you can be a public speaker. You can start a podcast. You can do something. Everybody has a gift, a skill that they can do something. Send emails to friends, make phone calls. Hey, if you really got nothing going on for whatever reason, whether it's a, a disability or an inability, or you're just scared to death to even be around people, whatever it is, you got five bucks? Send five bucks to your favorite candidate. I'm telling you, every single person has something to offer going into 2024 and every single person that believes in the United States of America that wants it to last and make it great again with Donald J. Trump needs to get involved in the election process, including the primary cycle. Get out there, support, get involved in the process, be an American, be a patriot. Anyway, thanks for watching. This, is, uh, this has been the Nun Report. If you've just been listening on the radio, renegaderadio.com or any of the podcast channels, make sure to check me out on rumble.com slash the Nun Report. Okay, you can see all the video and everything I threw out there today. You catch me on all the socials at the Nun Report, except for TikTok because I don't do that commie BS. And also Twitter because I couldn't get the Nun Report. So on Twitter, I'm just at Nun Report. All right? Or just go to my website, thenunreport.com. Man, I am not a hard person to find out about okay or to tune into so go ahead and check me out i appreciate it if you go to rumble please give it a like follow the channel it means a lot to me it really does and i thank you very much for that anyway hey thanks again for watching and as always until next time may the odds be ever in your favor cheers